Well, hello and welcome to the Master Your Voice podcast, a podcast for singers about singing. I'm your host, Heidi Voss. Let's get started. Today we're talking about vocal technique, what it is, why it matters, and what you can do to develop yours. The human voice is a miracle. An elegantly designed, precisely engineered set of anatomical processes that respond to sound, reproduce pitch, and create tone with a myriad of stylistic variation. The articulated, or in common parlance, the speaking voice alone is astonishing. The fact that humans develop linguistic and reproducible patterns of sound that convey precise thought is an incredible feat. But when you elevate the articulated voice with a function of modulation and turn that language into music, the result can be transcendent. There is not a day that goes by that I do not marvel at the absolute wonder of the entire enterprise. From the earliest moments of life, we are connected with our voice. Infants gurgle, cry, and coo, and those early sounds turn into fragments of words and the whispers of a hum. Fragments turn into sentences, hums and coos turn into melody and song. It's as natural to us as sitting and walking. Singing and speaking are so organic to our human experience that very few people even give it a second thought. From that first twinkle, twinkle, little star, to that four-year-old belting Rihanna, to the opera singer debuting in La Boheme, singers are leaning into their natural abilities. But if singing is so natural to the human experience, why would anyone need a voice lesson? Why bother training what we can already do? I'm born with the voice I have. What is the point of taking lessons? Just to learn to sing some new songs? Maybe to learn to sight read? What does studying voice even mean? These are excellent questions. To answer them, I'm going to start with a foundational premise that answers my very first question. What is vocal technique? Vocal technique is a means of developing the human voice in such a way that allows for a singer to create beautifully crafted, healthy sound that is expressive of their specific artistry. Sound vocal technique should help a singer open up all of the possibilities in her sound to offer her a palette of expressive options for her vocal communication. It should help her build vocal power, stamina, range, and control, thereby capitalizing on her natural gifts to seek new and dynamic artistic frontiers. Vocal technique should also help a singing artist discover her full registration potential and uncover the timbral possibilities of her instrument. It can also help students discover potential strengths and give singers a window into their stylistic possibilities and natural tendencies. For new and inexperienced singers, vocal technique can refine the process of singing and build the mechanical awareness to develop a stronger and more dynamic sound. For advanced singers, vocal technique acts as a bulwark against developing detrimental habits that can lead to vocal distress and injury. And for the aging singer, it helps maintain strength and elasticity in the voice and can lengthen the duration of a career in music. 
But for every singer, it offers a measurable level of control over the process and expectations of their ability to produce consistent and beautiful tone. Now, for every voice teacher, there's a different philosophy, oftentimes different terminology and different ways of conveying technical mastery to the developing and training singer. Some teachers will rely on pre-made curricula and standards, while others will develop their own mashup of techniques and tricks. But no matter what their teaching style and personal philosophy, every great voice teacher should cultivate organic, natural vocal production that leads to maximizing the potential of the singer while safeguarding the vocal mechanism. When people ask what my job is, aside from the performing aspects of my career, I often simply say, I train singers. I help people find their voice. I introduce artists to their sound. I get them out of their own way so they can be free to concentrate on making music, not just pitch. Well, how do I do this? Well, I start with the foundations and I never lose sight of the artist. We do a lot of exercising. Much like a personal trainer, a voice teacher is called to develop a plan for each singer that helps them build on their natural vocal processes, developing strength, stamina, range, and flexibility. And I often say to my singers, vocal technique involves a lot of repetition and leveling up. Just like any other type of athletic endeavor, it requires muscle memory and training. And just because I learned how to do a sit-up when I was 11 doesn't mean I ever get to stop actually doing them. And for the record, I'm way more than 11 by many decades and I'm still doing sit-ups. Through the pillars of breath, Posture, diction, and resonance, I guide singers to develop efficient sound production in the mechanics of singing, but I don't stop there. I also incorporate the mental, stylistic, and emotional challenges that every artist faces. I incorporate interpretation into their work and integrate the person into the mechanics. I ask constantly Who is this artist? Are we training in a way that helps her lean into her abilities and her music? What's getting in the way? What's serving her? What's not serving her? What does she want from her voice? What is her sound? Not some preconceived notion about what I want her sound to be, but what is her sound? What is her goal? What does she really have to say? This is my foundation, and it's what animates every lesson and every interaction with my singers. So, why study vocal technique? To maximize your sound. To guard against vocal deterioration and injury. To discover new avenues for musical expression. To free your voice. To explore and expand your artistic vision. And we will talk about the specific pillars of vocal technique in future podcasts. But for now, I want to leave you with a few wise words of the bel canto master, Lamperti. To the desire to become a great singer, serious study must be added in order to completely develop into artistry. Therefore, how can one expect that the voice, which is the most beautiful, but at the same time the most delicate instrument, 
will reveal all the passions of the soul without thorough study of its technique. Absolutely brilliant. Now, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about vocal technique again, but I'm going to answer some questions in the Q&A coming directly from our Master Your Voice Facebook group. So today's questions come from Lisa Wellugero in the Master Your Voice Facebook group. First question, what do you do when you're hoarse? When your voice is not functioning and you're not working well. Now, hoarse is kind of an interesting term. Generally, it speaks to when you have some level of laryngitis. So your voice is not working 100%. My advice, whenever there's some deterioration in the range or the quality of the sound, is to err on the side of caution. Take a break. You don't want to sing on a voice that's not 100% because you don't know what kind of damage you could be doing. And you always want to get something like that checked out by a physician, if humanly possible. Now, a lot of the times, you know, it might just be that, you know, you often have post-nasal drip, you have allergies, things that would commonly cause laryngitis, or you've sung a little bit too much and you go, you know, I had a really great weekend and you were experiencing some swelling because you have overuse. Like Limperity said, the voice is incredibly delicate. So you want to make sure that you're treating it with care and caution and anything you would want to do to encourage your own personal health and fitness is going to help that voice. So you want to stay super hydrated and you want to get off of the pressure of the sound. So unless you absolutely must sing and you have a recording session and it's a thing that can't be postponed or rescheduled, in that case, you want to go see an ENT and maybe consider some medical options like a steroid or something to help you bring the swelling down quicker. But for the most part, you want to let nature take its course and fully heal before you start working on that voice again. And now don't forget too, that while you are on what we like to refer to as vocal rest, there are plenty of other things you can do to practice. You can listen to scores. You can study physically, vis- visually the scores. You can count your scores. There are plenty of things you can do. You can work the breath. You can work the posture technically. You don't just have to sing, quote unquote, sing to practice. So because you're hoarse, because you have some level of laryngitis doesn't mean that you can't keep working, keep practicing and keep singing. Next question is how much singing is too much singing? Hmm. That's a really tricky one. I will say it really depends on what type style of genre you're singing and your vocal fitness and your level of technique. So if you're a very, very trained, skilled, seasoned singer, you can probably handle a little bit more than a person who is just getting into managing their voice, technically speaking. Um, that said, depending on the rigor of your genre. So for example, you would never see an opera singer singing eight performances a week. 
They are vocal athletes and the work that they do in their singing really requires a lot of physical effort. So they're not going to sing eight shows a week, whereas you might have somebody on Broadway who is, I mean, that's the goal is to be able to sing eight shows a week. Um, You also have studio singers who need to be able to pound it out for hours upon hours upon hours, which you would never do as a classical singer to sing for six hours in the studio in a day. It really depends on the genre, the amount of literal force and effort that's working through those vocal folds and through that body to create the sound, how much singing is too much singing. So the answer is really vague, unfortunately, and it really depends. It's dependent upon the singer herself, the genre she's working on and working in, and really how much stamina that individual has. Some people are just going to be much more capable of singing for many, many hours where other singers are going to leave it all on the table after three or four takes. So you really want to individualize that answer. So unfortunately, I can't give you a patent. Well, you know, six hours is too much. Uh, You'll know, you'll definitely know. And you'll want to always be very sensitive to, and this speaks to the other question, did I overuse my voice? You know, overtraining is a problem in singing. You want to make sure that you're being very careful and thoughtful and mechanical and and logistical and I'm sorry, not logistical, logical about how you're using your voice. You don't want to over sing repeatedly and discover that you've actually done some level of damage versus coming at it in small bits multiple times a week. And that really speaks to my philosophy. That's for sure for practicing. And it is to touch your technique daily, but not for an hour. I don't want you going in and training hard, hard, hard for two to three hours and singing because you'll probably just set yourself up for injury and challenge. Instead, I want you to come to your technique multiple times a day in tiny, tiny, small bits. You know, you might do 10 minutes of technique in the morning, literal just exercises. And then maybe a few hours later, you say hello to the actual repertoire you're working on. So parcel out your technique, read your own body, see what's okay for you. And make the decisions about how much you're singing based on what you're called to sing. Some things just are not going to take that much effort or energy and other things are going to take every bit of effort and energy. So you want to be really smart about planning out the contracts and the work and the singing that you're doing so that you're not taking everything that requires every ounce of your energy to sing and doing that for hours a day. And the final question we have today comes from Logan Chase, again, in the Master Your Voice Facebook group. He asks, how do you warm up when you're in an environment where you can't make a lot of noise? Well, my best piece of advice is find a space that's going to be the most enclosed. So if you have to make noise and you're, you don't want to wake up neighbors or you're in a hotel room, find the space that's the furthest away from an exterior wall. So it might be you're going to warm up in a shower. It might be you're in a closet where you have an opportunity to use the hanging clothing to buffer the sound a little bit. Um, but in terms of warming up, some things you can do that don't take a lot of, that don't create a lot of volume would be doing a closed mouth lip trill. That's really good because it gets all the mechanics working and flowing and moving without actually phonating at your full highest level capacity. So the lip trill 
with your mouth closed is my best piece of advice to play around with that with range. I'm also a big proponent of flexibility in your warmups. So making sure you're doing warmups that move pretty quickly so it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It might only take you 30 to 60 seconds to get that voice really moving through, uh, especially if you're doing warmups that are quick paced, coloratura, fast type riffs, things like that, that'll get the voice moving. And just a couple of leaps here and there that are going to just say hello to the instrument. But a big piece of advice, a closet, a stairwell. Although I will say you got to be careful with the stairwell because sometimes they're super resonant and you'll get in more trouble in the stairwell than you will in, in your bedroom or in your, in your hotel room, because they can make a lot of noise in there too. But trying to find a space where you're as far away from other people as possible, whenever that is possible, or buffering the sound in some way, shape or form, and then creating sound that is not going to offer as much volume. The other thing to consider too, that when you're quote unquote warming up, that involves your entire body. So don't forget to incorporate a stretching series with that closed mouth lip trill. And you'll see that yes, your voice is already waking up without actually phonating a ton. The other piece of advice I have to to give is to consider your articulated voice. Don't be afraid if there's nobody there to talk to, don't be afraid to pull out poetry and start reading that out loud. Read something where you're using your entire voice to start saying hello to the mechanical process. You don't want to go in crazy cold and you know, you wake up for an audition, you're in a hotel room and then the next thing time you open your mouth or the first time you open your mouth is in front of a bunch of auditioners. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to say hello and give your voice some time to wake up. And that means you could also focus not just on, as I mentioned earlier today, that modulated that singing voice, but waking up the articulated voice, making sure that all the muscles in your face are responding to the language in addition to the larynx. I think a lot of people tend to think with singing, it's all, you know, what happens in my neck. And that's really a small, small piece of the vocal technique picture. So say hello to the muscles in your face, say hello to your diaphragm, say hello to all of the support processes, you know, your flexibility, not just in the larynx, but in your entire body, saying hello to the breath, getting the breath moving and getting the articulators, articulators, <laughs> getting the articulators functioning the way you want them so that you're really, really, really warming up everything in and around the larynx. So when you do a little bit of noise, you make a little noise with that larynx and do some pitch work. It's not, you don't need quite as much of it. So you can be a little bit more gentle versus saying, I'm going to do a 20 minute warm up and screw you neighbor. Mm, that's not the best way to make friends. Anyway, I hope that was super helpful. Coming up in the Master Your Voice Facebook group, we've got lots of things going on, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the fun energy and excitement and things that we have happening online and in person. So for those of you that got to see my post, we are hosting a sip and sing event. I am so excited about the sip and sing. So what that means is we're going to get together here in Southern California at a local winery and we're going to drink some wine and we're going to bring in a band and you're going to have the opportunity to sing with a band. So what a fun night we're going to have listening to each other sing, supporting each other in our wonderful musical journeys and hopefully not taking ourselves too seriously, but giving ourselves an opportunity to do some of those, you know, Instagram videos that we get to, we love to post. Um, but also just 
performing live. So in addition to the live performance sip and sing that we have, have coming up in May, we also have Friday free for alls in the master your voice Facebook group, which is an opportunity for students and singers. I shouldn't even say students, singers. I'm sorry, guys, um, to post any self tapes, anything that they want to post in that group, to get some feedback from the fellow members of the group. And just to give you a place to put all those beautiful artistic ideas and artistic projects out there. So please share in the Master Your Voice Facebook group. We also, don't forget, have Check Your Tech available. So I post little vocalises. You guys can practice the vocalises. Send them to me and I will give you some MP3s of yourself singing them. And I'm happy to give you some coaching and advice on how to maximize them. Or as I mentioned earlier, go get them, Tiger. You know, just, just some encouragement to tell you you're doing the right thing here. So if you want to work on your vocal technique, you want to work on creating things artistically and sharing them with the community, you want to come live and sing with us if you're in the Southern California area, please do it. It's such a wonderful, wonderful group. And we would love to see you participating. Now, coming up too on the Master Your Voice podcast, I am thrilled to announce that we have a series of interviews coming up. Not only will we have more meet the artist and singer spotlights, but I will also be interviewing an artist manager for you guys to hear a little bit about how that process works. What does management mean from the perspective of what do they do? And, you know, how do you get one and all that fun stuff and any of those questions about the business side of music. We're going to answer some of those for you in an upcoming podcast. We also have some podcasts lined up with a health and wellness guru to talk a little bit about vocal health and wellness. And we also have podcasts lining up to talk about encouraging young people in singing, which is a, obviously a big passion project of mine is how do you help encourage the next generation of singers. So we're going to talk to the director of the Los Robles Children's Choir, who's going to talk to us a little bit about how we encourage young people in singing. And we also have a, an interview with Matt Workman with National Concerts, who's going to tell us all about the state of choral music and, you know, how we're navigating coming out of COVID and all the opportunities out there for singers. So I'm really excited. We've got a, a bunch of wonderful interviews on the horizon for the Master Your Voice podcast. Please keep those Q&A questions coming. I think I've got a couple more in the queue from the Master Your Voice Facebook group, and I will be answering them on future podcasts. Thank you so much for sending them in. I am thrilled to answer your questions and so happy to be here hosting this podcast. And the performance of the week for this podcast is the trio of Megan Chu. Melissa Birch and Valerie Allison singing Elijah Rock. Enjoy. Elijah Rock, shout, shout. Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Elijah Rock, shout, shout. Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Elijah Rock, shout, shout. Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Elijah Rock, shout, shout. Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Elijah Rock, Elijah shout, shout. Elijah, Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Elijah Rock, Elijah shout, shout. Elijah, Elijah Rock, coming up, Lord. Sings a liar and a conjurer too. If you don't watch out, he'll conjure you. If I could, I surely would stand on the rock where Moses stood. Oh, Elijah, Elijah Rock, Elijah shout, shout. Elijah, Elijah Rock. Shut